Welcome to the Sarcoidosis Out from the Shadows podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I have stepped out of the shadows of sarcoidosis to highlight stories from around the globe of resilience, hope, fear, heartbreak, and the challenges we face when there's a sudden impact with our health. It could be mental, physical, or spiritual. This season, we're focusing on how the heck did I get here? This week's stories is Angie's story. Angie, thank you for sharing your story today on the Sarcoidosis Out from the Shadows podcast. Before we start, I just want to welcome you to the podcast. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're sharing your journey with the rest of us. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself before you tell us how you got to this place. Uh, Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for inviting me to the podcast and being able to share my story about having sarcoidosis. Um, I am a 54-year-old female that was diagnosed with sarcoidosis in 2016. Um, I had no idea what sarcoidosis was. Um, I had never heard the name except I heard it one time because the comedian Bernie Mac had sarcoidosis. That's all Mm -hmm. I knew. I didn't know what the disease was. I didn't know anything about it. But let's go back a little bit and let me say, I was working a full-time job at a library. I was the branch manager, loved my job. And all of a sudden I started uh, having a limp on the right side of my body. I couldn't Mm -hmm. pick up my foot. Uh, I couldn't go heel to toe. I was just picking it up like a horse would pick up his hoof. Mm -hmm. And that made me think that I had a pinched nerve or something in my back. Right. So I go to uh, the doctor and they want me to have uh, a dye run through my spine so they can see where the pinched nerve is. Well, I have to have the dye because I can't do an MRI because I have a pacemaker. So they can't put me through the MRI machine. So Mm -hmm. they run the dye through my body and they don't see anything. So they run it twice. They do it again. Still don't see anything. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, they send me to the doctor to check my liver, my uh, my stomach area, you know, something internal. So when I get over to that doctor, he says, uh, he examines me. He said, I don't see any reason why to run any tests because I, there's, you're fine. I don't, you mm. know, the blood work doesn't show anything. You're fine. Right. So when I stood up to walk out of his office, and I mm-hmm. went to walk. He said, hold on a minute. I said, okay. He said, you have foot drop. Well, at now that time, I didn't drop? even know what that word meant. Foot can you drop. explain Can you explain to, to, to the rest of us what is foot drop? Uh, foot drop is a result of something. You usually, you know, like sometimes when a person has a stroke and you'll see them walking around and they're just picking their whole leg up to pick their foot up. Mm-hmm. and they're not going from heel to toe walking mm-hmm. and you, it's a result of a brain tumor brain cyst something's going on with your brain most of the time when you have foot drop 
Okay. So he was very concerned that something was going on um, in my brain and, you know, something in that area. Okay. So he sends me over to um, another doctor, which I was going from doctor to doctor to doctor. It was just a whirlwind of doctors for them to get me diagnosed. Right. Well, I end up at the sports medicine and he comes in there and he examines me. The doctor does and he says, uh, you've got to have an MRI. And I said, mm-hmm. I can't. I have a pacemaker. I can't get in the MRI machine. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't, it, uh, that doesn't matter to me. You have to have an MRI. You've right. got to get in it or you're going to be in a wheelchair within a year. Wow. And I said, well, you need to speak to my heart doctor because he can explain to you why I can't get into an MRI machine. Right. So he gets out of the, he goes out of the room. He gets on the phone with my heart doctor and I can hear him outside in the hall just Mm -hmm. telling him, you know, she's got something seriously wrong with her. We need to track it down. We got to find it. She's got to have an MRI. Well, I can't hear what my heart doctor is saying on the other end. So he comes back in there and he says, okay, we're going to set you up for an MRI. Uh, Your heart doctor said it'll be fine, but he will be there with you to uh, adjust your pacemaker and do everything that needs to be done before we put you in the MRI machine. Which so is at good. That time, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to spontaneously combust in the machine or, or what's going to happen, you know. But I trusted what? my heart doctor. Were you were you um, in a panic mode at that time? Oh, yes. I didn't know. I was in a whirlwind. I didn't know what to think, uh, what was happening, really. Except I knew I could trust my heart doctor because he had already saved my life one time by finding out that I needed to have a pacemaker. Okay. So I, once he said that I could go in the MRI machine, I was, I felt comfortable. Okay. So we set it up. He gets it approved by the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I was the first uh, person at that hospital to be put in an MRI machine with a non-compatible pacemaker. Wow. He had, he had to go to the top. I wow. mean, to the heads of the hospital. Well, needless to say, the radiology people, when I got to the hospital and they realized that I had a pacemaker mm-hmm. and I was going to go into the machine, they were just saying no. No right. way. No way. We're not putting her in this MRI. I mean, yeah, we're not doing this test. She has a pacemaker and we're not doing it. Right. Well, my heart doctor said, I have the papers here of approval that she could get in this machine Mm -hmm. so well she's gonna sign a paper she's gonna sign something you know so anyway he gets me all set i go into the mri machine and Mm -hmm. i stay in there two hours two hours two hours in this mri machine wow and i know how large those mri machines are and see, and I was a lot smaller than I am now when I got yeah. in the machine. You can hardly breathe in them. <laughs> so I just closed my eyes and just went to a, another place. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Uh, right. So they administered the MRI. Well, I go back to work. And before I get back to work, I have a phone call that says, you've got to come back. You've got to see. We got to oh, run some more awesome. tests. Wow. Something's wrong. Oh. So I said, wait hmm. a minute. What do you mean something's wrong? 
mm-hmm. well I can't it was his nurse it was my doctor's nurse and she said well I'm not really supposed to tell you this but you'll have other specialists involved if it's what we think it is it'll be a long mm-hmm. journey for you wow and she just said it like that and I got the thought then they think I have cancer absolutely because she said there's spots on your spine mm. and see you don't just get cancer of the spine it usually comes from somewhere else absolutely so they start doing mammograms they mm. start doing blood work they start doing all kind of tests to try to figure out where this cancer that they think it's cancer is coming mm-hmm. from well mm-hmm. all that shows up nothing they can't find anything mm. well they said one last test we got to do is a spinal tap mm-hmm. and I do not wish that test on anybody that has to have it done because that's when they draw the fluid off your spine you I've never to, had that one thank God not yes, yet and you have to not lay yet. flat you can't mm-hmm. move and then after you have it you have to lay flat for two hours or you get this excruciating headache oh no and uh because it's a hole in your spine and you have mm-hmm. to give it time to close back up you know mm-hmm. once they draw fluid off mm-hmm. well once they draw the fluid off and tested it they realized it's not cancer i don't have it, which that was amazing you know, yes that gave me comfort right there that i did not have cancer yeah absolutely so i know the feeling once i real they realized i didn't have cancer you've got to go to a neurologist we've yes. got to figure out what's wrong with you Mm-hmm. So I they set up an appointment. And I'm going through these doctors really fast. Normally, it takes two or three months to see specialists. You know, mm-hmm. you can't get in to see them. You know, mm-hmm. you have to wait a long time. Well, I didn't. I was just going through doctors every other day, them trying to figure out what I had, what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Which that was a blessing in itself that I didn't have to wait two or three months. Absolutely. They were trying to save my leg, my ability to walk. That's what they were mm-hmm. trying to do. But the damage that had already been done was irreversible. I was never going to get the use of my leg back. Okay. And um, was this because was this because they took so long to diagnose that you had sarcoidosis? Right, because of the fact that I had a pacemaker and they thought they couldn't put me in a MRI machine. MRI machine. Okay. And it, they just waited and waited. But um mm-hmm. I was fine with that. I said I can live with the fact that I may have to have a limp and because I started out with a cane mm-hmm. and then I went to a boot for my foot drop mm-hmm. and every time I'd have well anyway no I don't want to get ahead of myself but so I go to the neurologist mm-hmm. and she asked me all these questions she looks at my uh, MRI she said I think I know what it is but it's very unusual that you would have what I think you have mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at her like Oh my goodness, what do I have? But if anybody can get a rare disease, I can do it. So she said, normally, um, I think you have sarcoidosis, but normally the ones that are diagnosed were with uh, with sarcoidosis are Afri- African-American people. It's, it, it's not usually prevalent in white people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, so it'd be very unusual if that's what it is, but I would like to get a biopsy if you don't mind. She said, now we can biopsy your heart because I see where you had an electrical break in your heart. 
a few yeah. years ago and they couldn't diagnose it. They didn't know why it happened. Mm-hmm. She said, but it's right along the lines of someone that has this disease. That's one of the things that it attacks is the electrical part of your heart. Yes. So she said, we can biopsy your heart or your lungs or mm-hmm. I said, whoa, wait a minute. You're not, you're not going to biopsy my heart. That's not going to happen. No, nope. <laughs> that, that, that's off the table. That's not going to work. Take it from somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So she said, okay, we'll send you to a pulmonary doctor and we want to do, cause normally, and you know this as well, sarcoidosis starts in your lungs most of the time. Yeah. Yes. You know? And I said, okay, so I go and see another specialist. I'm on my way to another doctor. Mm-hmm. So they do a biopsy of my lungs. He comes and he says, you do not have sarcoidosis of the lungs. And honestly, he looks me straight in the face and he said, honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think you have sarcoidosis. Oh, That's really? That's what he says to me. Mm-hmm. Well, I go back to my neurologist after I see him and she reads his report. She's, mm-hmm. you know, she sees that I don't have any signs in my lungs. Mm-hmm. And I tell her exactly what he says. Right. And she just looks at me like, okay, you know, that's fine. But I think you have this disease. Right. So it was great that I didn't have it in my lungs. Yes. All right. It was a blessing. So, it was a blessing you didn't have it in your lungs. Right. Because the thought of me not being able to breathe and me having breathing problems is it's a scary. big is big is a big fear for me. You yeah, know, it's but, scary. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. So she says, I'm going to get with my colleagues. Mm-hmm. And when you come back for your next visit, we're going to see how we're going to treat you for this sarcoidosis that I think you have. Mm-hmm. So my sister, we wait a couple of weeks to go back to the doctor. My sister drives me to the doctor's appointment because mm-hmm. my husband has to work. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting out in the waiting room waiting to go in and I look over at my sister and I say story with me but before you go I just want you to give you the opportunity to let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you I know that you you're having you have a YouTube channel so do you want to tell us a little bit about that yes um, my YouTube channel is Angie Smith aka it's me Angie now this is a channel that I vlog my life um, and t- uh, with living uh, living with sarcoidosis I, that mm-hmm. you can still do things and still have a life even though you are living with this disease and right. how positive you can be mm-hmm. so that's how you can get in touch with me is through my you thank you very much we'll be in touch thank thanks you. again Andrew alright thank you Do you want to know what Angie's fears are? Have you stepped out of your shadow? How the heck did I get here? So many questions. 
but we have time, so subscribe to our podcast for a new episode each week. Get in touch by liking, subscribing, or join our group page at Sarcardosis Out of the Shadows. Bye for now. you on youtube to cheer you on your journey my youtube channel is angie smith aka it's me angie i would love for you to come over and watch some of my videos get in touch with me if you are suffering with this disease and maybe we can communicate and um lift each other up that's what it's all about when you're going through something like this so if you want to reach out to me that's the way to do it go over to my youtube channel Also leave a message on the podcast message center and I will make sure I forward that to you. That'd be great. Thanks, Angie. Bye for now, Angie.